0: Thank you, Gary. Very beautiful. Well, Shabbat Shalom. So tomorrow night begins the holiday of Chanukah, right? The festival of lights. The word Chanukah itself means dedication. And it's why many New Testament translations in John chapter 10 translate it as the Feast of Dedication. Hanukkah and its associated stories are first recorded in the apocryphal books of Maccabees. It recalls the triumphant events of the Maccabees and the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem following its desecration by the forces of Antiochus and the Syrian Greeks in the 2nd century BCE. The festival of Hanukkah recalls two primary miracles. What are the two primary miracles associated with Hanukkah? The oil is one, right? What's the other one? The defeat of the enemies, but the fact that this little, tiny, untrained group of Jews who didn't even have proper weapons were able to de- defeat the mighty forces of the Syrian Greeks. So these are the two primary miracles, that this untrained, ill-equipped, army of Jews were able to defeat the mighty forces of the Syrian Greeks and the miracle of oil which burned for eight days. According to the oldest traditions of Hanukkah, the heroic acts of the Maccabees and the rededication of the temple are the primary emphasis of the story. Interestingly, the miracle of oil does not actually appear anywhere in the books of Maccabees. The first reference to the oil is actually found in the Talmud a few hundred years later. Doesn't mean that's the very first time it ever appeared, but that's the first recording of this associated with Hanukkah. The Talmud states that the forces of Antiochus were driven from the temple and that only a single container of ritual oil used to light the menorah was found, which still contained the official unbroken seal of the Kohen Gadul, the high priest. There was only enough oil for one day and we know what happened. It ended up lasting for eight days. The Gospels record that Yeshua himself observed Hanukkah. It says in John chapter 10, Then came Hanukkah in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Yeshua was walking around inside the temple area, inside of Solomon's colonnade. So the Judeans surrounded him and said to him, how much longer are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Mashiach, tell us publicly. And Yeshua answered them, I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The works I do in my father's name testify on my behalf. But the reason you don't believe is that you are not included among my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I recognize them and they follow me. And I give them an eternal life. They will absolutely never be destroyed and no one will snatch them away from my hands. My Father, who gave them to me, is greater than all. And no one can snatch, can snatch them from the Father's hands. I and the Father are one. Once again, the Judeans picked up rocks in order to stone him, and Yeshua answered them, you have seen me do many, miracle, many good deeds that reflect the Father's power. For which one of these deeds are you stoning me? And the Judeans replied, we are not stoning you for any good deed, but for blasphemy, because you who are only a man are making yourself out to be God. It is no accident that Yeshua chose the beginning of Hanukkah to proclaim his Messiahship as well as his deity. The accusation here and the question that is put forward to him is a number of Jews gather around him and were saying to him, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Yeshua answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my father's name, these testify to me. I and the Father are one. And with those words, many in the crowd picked up rocks in order to stone him. In addition to being a feast of dedication, Hanukkah is also known as the Festival of Lights. This is especially true in modern Hebrew, where Hanukkah is called Chag Ha'urim, the Festival of Lights. The theme of light plays a central role, not only within the Hanukkah story, but also in the message of Yeshua. In John 8, it says, Yeshua spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows after me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light which gives life. When Yeshua was saying, I am the light of the world, He was associating himself with the light of the world. Does anybody know what that was? The menorah which burned in the temple. It was called the light of the world. And why was it called the light of the world? You have to understand Jerusalem in ancient times that the highest place in Jerusalem was the Temple Mount, right? And in the temple, the menorah stood in the courtyard, in the, holy, the area of the courtyard, and the, the heichal, the actual building of the center of the temple, was made of white marble. It was considered one of the wonders of the world when it was destroyed. It was one of the great wonders of the world. And so at night, when the menorah, and remember when we light a little Hanukkiah, we're lighting a little like this, the temple menorah was huge. It's a huge thing. And so can you imagine when all of the candles were, were lit, the wicks, it wasn't just little candles. We're talking huge wicks made out of the old clothing of the priests, right? That when the clothing was no longer good to be used, they would take the linen and they would use that for the wicks of the, of the menorah. And so at night, up on the hill with the white background of the white marble, when the menorah was lit at night, it shone up the whole city of Jerusalem, or at least you know, you saw from anywhere in the city, you look up at the temple mount and it glowed at night. It shone, this white marble reflected all the light of the menorah. So it was called the light of the world. So when Yeshua says, I am the light of the world, whoever follows after me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He's associating himself with this light of the presence of God on the hill of Jerusalem. Remember, that's the place where God's presence dwells and Yeshua is identifying identifying himself with that presence of God. He's saying that glory which rests on that mountain is me. I am that light. Yeshua is proclaiming to our people not only the light of redemption, but the light of hope. A hope that can never be snuffed out. Rabbi Hugo Grin was a child in the Holocaust. And when he was a child in Auschwitz, his father melted a precious margarine ration in order to light one single Hanukkah candle. And young Hugo protested, His father said, my child, we know that you can live three days without water. You can live three weeks without food, but you cannot live for three minutes without hope. Let's live in hope. At the time Yeshua spoke his words, our people were living under the oppressive Roman occupation. They desperately needed a message of hope. And so many people today also need to hear that same message of hope. As followers of Messiah, we are called to reflect that light, to reflect the light of hope and redemption. That's why Yeshua taught in Matthew chapter 5, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lamp stand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before all people, so that they may see your good works, your ma'asim tovim, and glorify your Father in heaven. Do you know what's so amazing about the, the mitzvah, the commandment of lighting the menorah? Did you know that halachically, according to Jewish law, you're not allowed to actually in, in personally enjoy the benefits of the light itself? You cannot read a book next to it, like meaning that's your primary source of light. You cannot use it to, like, look around and search for something that you lost in the house. It's not a utilitarian light. It's not like the Shabbat candles, which the whole origins of the Shabbat candles was that you would have light for Shabbat, right? Why? Because lighting the menorah is not for you. It's for the world around you. Where do you put your, traditionally, where are you supposed to put your menorah? You don't put it in the middle of your table. I mean, we do that often now just because it's easier to light. But it's supposed to go where? In the windowsill. And in ancient times, it didn't go in the windowsill. It actually went outside of your door. So on the right-hand side of your door, you would light the menorah, and it would be outside of your door. And in some places, it would have a little glass box or something around it to keep the wind from blowing it out. And so it's interesting when you go to Jerusalem, and Dana can tell you this, especially in the old city, in in the old city of Jerusalem, you'll see people with their menorahs outside of their doors. We often don't have a little niche in our doors or whatever, and so we put them inside the window. But the reason why we do that, it's called Pirsume Mitzvah, to publicize the miracle. It's for everybody else. Yes, we fulfill the mitzvah of lighting it, but the idea is that the light which emits from that place is not for our benefit alone, but that everybody would benefit from that light that shines on Hanukkah. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. You don't hide that light that testifies of the miracle. Instead, you want the world to know of God's faithfulness, not only to, Jew- to the Jewish people, but to the world. We are to be bearers of that light to a dark and a broken world. We must take up the torch and proclaim the light of Mashiach. Tyrants and enemies cannot quench the yid, the Jewish spark, nor the light of Messiah within each and every one of us. As we commemorate the rededication of the Holy Temple during Hanukkah, may we also use this time to rededicate ourselves to living a life of Torah, of avodah, of service unto God, and ma'asim tovim, acts of loving kindness towards all. Because isn't that really what the holiday season is all about? We have an opportunity to shine even brighter than the menorah, which once stood and will stand again in the temple. Through partnering with God and bringing redemption into the world and preparing the world for the return of Mashiach. Since the days of the Maccabees, the Jewish community has observed the eight days of Hanukkah. For Hanukkah is indeed a festival of light. It recalls not just our redemption from tyranny and oppression, but it is also a story of hope, redemption, and of covenant faithfulness. For just as our ancestors, the Maccabees, overcame the forces of an enemy power, so too are we able to overcome the forces in life which work against us. That's why it says in Romans 8.37, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Tomorrow night is the first light of Hanukkah. As you light that first little candle, let it be a symbol of a rekindling of your own neshama, of your own soul. And just as we increase the light each night so that by the end of Hanukkah, right, shines brighter and brighter and brighter until it's completely lit up, so too I pray that the light of Messiah within you would also multiply over the course of these next eight days. And I want to encourage you to join us next Saturday night at 6 o'clock p.m. right here at BE for a Congregational Hanukkah celebration, Lights and Laughter, which is sure to bring further warmth and light into our community. As we celebrate Hanukkah and continue through the coming days, may each one of us experience the tremendous light of a joyous season. Happy Hanukkah and Shabbat Shalom.